and welcome to Go, Go Touch, Touch Grass, Grass, the podcast where we log in so you can log off. Okay, so you are listening to the first exclusive Patreon exclusive episode of the Go Touch Grass podcast. Very exciting. We're very excited. This was a long road to get here. <laughs> yeah, one day, maybe one day we'll do another Patreon exclusive where we tell the whole story Saga. of how we got to go touch grass. But um, suffice it to say, we are very excited to be launching this Patreon. We are also very excited to have a full launch on a highly respected comedy network coming up next month. You'll be hearing more about that. Yes. But these episodes are... For you, our original patrons, the people, our ride or dies, yes. our OPs. Our OP, our OGs. To be honest, you know, like, we've self-funded this. We've taught ourselves how to edit. Mm-hmm. We're recording this shit in my apartment. Like, we are out here, and it's only because of supporters like you that we got here. Because of viewers like you. Because of viewers like you. We're so happy to... To be making shit that is fun to us and funny and, you know, that you're directly contributing. So, with that being said, if you like anything, please tell us. If you don't like anything, please kill yourself. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you If you don't like anything, keep it to your fucking self. Keep no. it to your fucking self! No, no, you can tell us in a gentle way. In a gentle way. Um, In a respectful and gentle way that yeah. kind of centers the fact that you still love us. Mm-hmm, 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 we mm-hmm. are willing to hear that because we do want these first episodes that are going out before our full launch to be um, to be something that you can give us feedback yes. on. We want to know what's working for you so that when we do have our full launch on a on very well-respected major, major, network. major network that, that will be announced soon, uh, we can be doing exactly what we know that the listeners are loving. Exactly, exactly. So we're so excited. This I know is we're be so excited. Really fun. And again, if you're like, what is the concept? I was telling somebody about this show at you at least. At least just had the roast that was so fucking fun. Thank you. So funny, so successful, packed full of people. Like it was great. I was quite pleased. She she should be quite pleased. Pat yourself on the back. I was talking to somebody after, after the show, and I was telling her about this podcast, and she was like, "Oh, this is perfect for me. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, and I just need the highlights. Mm-hmm. I need the highlights of the internet. Yes, I need someone to tell me what has happened and break it down and give me the most distilled version." And that is what we're doing. That is exactly what we're doing because I think we've all been in the place where you log in to be a Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you can tell something is going on. Exactly. But it's gone so far and so long that to get back to the original post or the original nexus of what created the trending you have to topic, yeah. you have to do. You have to spend a lot of time, and we want to spare you that time. Yeah, we want you to see your family. We want you to go outside. We want you to go to yoga class. We want that for you because guess what? We're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. We're in Millie's apartment. We're Googling. We are going back. We are reading the replies. We are doing this for you. We are giving you that time back. So I think with that, we can go into our our main segment of yeah. every episode is called The, the Discourse. Discourse. 
Also, a big important part of this is that we will say things in unison mm-hmm. randomly, and that is because we studied improv at Upright, Upright Citizens, Citizens Brigade. Brigade. And that is one of the most uh, fundamental parts of improv comedy is saying things in unison. Yeah, and really locking eyes, getting it mind melding, mind meld. and saying things in unison. Saying, saying things in um, unison. So, yeah, this week Millie is bringing the discourse. Yes. And I am very excited to dive into this topic because while I know a little bit about it, I knew that we were talking about it here, so I pulled back on looking into it. And that's also it. something that will happen is that at least now we've been doing this so much, at least we'll be like, stop. Stop right there. Save it for the pod. <laughs> save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. And at least has been saving it for the pod. Now, I'll just start this with this, our main subject today is Keith Lee versus mm. the city of Atlanta. Mm. Now, if you're as, as online as me and Elise, you've definitely heard of Keith Lee. But the point of the pod is for you to not be online no. again. And we want to do something for you, mm-hmm. right? So if you are not as on- online as us, welcome. This is for you. And if you are online, you might still learn something. Um, so let's talk about who Keith Lee is. Okay. Keith Lee is a former MMA fighter, which means mixed martial arts. Yeah. I don't know what, yeah, mixed martial arts. Okay, yeah. Kicking, Kicking, punching. punching, real stuff, real stuff. It's real brutal. <laughs> and he's turned into a food influencer. He has over 15 million followers on TikTok. Whoa, alone. I did not realize yeah. it was that. Hi. 15 million 15 is million. a lot. I know. I know. I did not. I looked this up today. I was like, whoa. 15 million is a lot. Of Crazy. So his whole thing is he works really hard to have a positive online presence. He's married, has kids, and you can see his family. Like, he's very family oriented. He's off, always doing stuff with his sister, his wife, his kids, his, his fucking mom. And honestly, every video he's thanking God. He thanks God so much in his videos, he should probably start tagging God. <laughs> just, that's just a Millie comment, okay? So let's talk about his content specifically. So Keith is based in Las Vegas, and unlike other food influencers, he focuses on mom and pop non-transpired, like non-franchised restaurants, you know, so like mm-hmm. smaller things, like smaller, smaller local chains. So some influencers food influencers specifically, they'll focus on getting exotic cuisines or Asian cuisines or really expensive cuisines. I'm going to say that um, Keith Lee has kind of, his brand is like every man palette. So he's reviewing the places that, quote, the average person can go to. So it's often like chicken wings, burgers, fries, stuff like that. It's not necessarily like, you know, in another podcast, they brought up the VIP list girlies. Right. Those are those girls who are like, we went to Red's door and we fucking hated it. We didn't like it. Or like they go to places where it's like $1,500 caviar. That's not Keith Lee. I should also say that Millie and I went to Red's door and we did like it. Yeah, because a fan, because a bitch's fan, uh, recognized me at a restaurant thing and invited us. So we we don't endorse what the VIP girl said. I just remember that. That was they one said of the places. specifically Restora, and I was like, like "Damn, that's fucking." It wasn't brutal. enough food. But to be fair, portions were small. The, por- the portions were small. So the portions not- were small. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> it was expensive, and the portions were small. Um, so what he does is he'll go to places like that. He'll order their most popular items and tell you how much money total he spent. 
which is interesting for uh, in a, um, a review. And then he'll rate each item from a 1 to 10 scale. He likes going to restaurants that are empty and struggling and determining why they don't have more customers. And he has three criteria. He wants to know, is it their food that's lacking? Is it their customer service that's not good? Or is it their lack of marketing? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. He goes to popular places or like whatever, not popular places, empty mom and pop shops, empty pop mom and pop pizzerias, whatever. And well, figure out like what's what's happening. So what is his like methodology or how does he do this? Because he's so focused on being an everyman and doing everyman palette, and he wants to give the most sincere feedback possible, he's usually getting the food to go and sitting in his car and eating it. Right. That's what I was going to say. I was like, he usually eats the food in his car, Yeah, he right? doesn't go, like, sit down in the restaurant because he doesn't want people to know that he's reviewing. And there's a lot of things that people, you know, you're not going to get the same service. You're not going to get the same food. Like, he wants it to be, you know, because he wants to endorse it with his full chest as they say so once he started getting popular online he would do things to disguise himself he has worn prosthetics to look like an old man he's ordered (laughs) from a fake name many times he'll send his wife his mom his sister to pick up the orders to call in so that these people are unassuming for some reason the image that came up is like what is that fucking thing from atlanta where donald glover is dressed Oh, the he wears that <laughs> For some reason, the when you said like he will disguise himself, the immediate image that came to mind was Teddy Perkins. You know, I never watch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that whatever that costume is, but I just keep laughing. I'm I'm laughing thinking about people at a restaurant like staring someone down and being like, "Is that Keith Lee in disguise?" <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, so there's the Keith Lee effect. So, usually, like, the best success stories are when a place has good food and good customer service, but they're not great at marketing, which tends to happen a lot because people are just so focused on ordering food and, you know, getting the food good that they don't have time to, like, go on social media and shit, or they don't know. And it's also, like, having a restaurant is expensive, running a restaurant is very stressful, based on what I can tell from the bear. Like, <laughs> as far as I can tell, it's an extremely anxiety-ridden endeavor based oh, on the bear. Fucking... Everyone has trauma. Everyone, yeah, know, <laughs> everyone's like... working through family stuff. I'm basing this all on the bear. Um, so I imagine that, like, marketing is, like, a whole, whole other, is a whole other thing. expertise yeah. and whole other time, effort, money, etc. that maybe, like, if you're just someone who is making like family recipes and put all of your life savings into opening a storefront, you're not necessarily also going to be able to do an amazing marketing campaign. Yeah. It's, and to do it right, it takes a lot of money and time. So the places that are, have good food, good customer service, but don't have good marketing, Keith will leave a good review and those places will completely turn around. Places that were completely empty now have long, long lines like high demand are opening their second, third locations. Uh, Again, this is especially special because he really got popular um, during the pandemic and after the pandemic. So a lot of these restaurants would have closed by now. But now those restaurants that like almost were at the brink of closure have insane lines. He's raised money for uh, some restaurant owners battling cancer. And, you know, 
he likes to go places where it's like, can you go to my friend's restaurant? Like, he, he gets a lot of DMs, and, like, only when he's been asked hundreds of times that, that he'll, go, he'll go there. There's all these memes. It's like the Keith Lee effect has, like, rippled into their memes about, like, ordering food on DoorDash under the name Keith Lee to get better food. <laughs> that's so actually, miss- that's diabolical. <laughs> I know, which is so funny because... He, you know, again, he's so obsessed with doing the Everman. He's like, I don't even order food under my name. And also, I'm going to order food for the first time ever. I'm going to put my name on this DoorDash order, and then we're going to order it. My wife's going to order the same thing, and we're going to see if there's a difference in quality. Ooh. And there wasn't, like, you know, yeah. whatever. But but that is, that is interesting. Well, I guess it's also funny because it's like, if someone's ordering under Keith Lee, that's how you know it's actually not, not Keith them, Lee. Right? <laughs> His reviews are so popular. There's literally a website called KeithLeeFoodTour.com that has saved every good place that he's given a review, broken it down by city. And you can see, you know, so again, a lot of them are in Vegas. So you can see, and also you can toggle if it's American food, African, Asian, whatever. Um, at these everyman places, at whatever that he's gone, and you can like make your own food tour based on Keith Lee content. See that I love because I am, I love, to, I'm like a foodie to a certain degree. Like I love to go to to see what the best restaurants are or like the most recommended restaurants are in a place that I'm going. But I also am not down to wait in a really long line to mm-hmm. get food somewhere or like have to make an insane reservation and the thing that drives me fucking crazy is when a place is like super five-star elite vip girl level and they're like we don't take reservations and i'm like i'm not gonna i want to come to your restaurant and i want to spend money allow me to make an appointment with you to do that don't tell me that i have to kind of come around and hang around and hope to get in and wait and blah blah like i'm just not gonna do that I'm sure some of these places now you have like long lines and stuff because of him, but I much I would much rather go to like the best local place mm-hmm. that maybe is a little less well known. Yeah. The type of place that Keith Lee would review than go to the place that what like comes up as like this is the most elite restaurant in the area. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like Yeah, I mean it's one thing about, like, you're supporting a small business and all of that. And, um, you know, again, I guess I was just going to ask you, like, why do you think he's so popular? Like, what do you think his impact is? Like, for me, I'm like, the fact that he includes the prices. That's so huge. Interesting. Yeah, I think that people like the honesty and transparency. I feel like right now, especially on TikTok, there's that whole, like, de-influencing movement. Yeah. I think people are moving away and are starting to feel turned off by stuff that they feel like is sponsored or paid for where it's like, oh, you just went to the, they gave you a free meal. So now you're going to come on and you're going to tell us that all this food is good. I think that the fact that he builds trust by being like, I actually go out of my way to make sure that they don't know that I'm reviewing. And then also, because I have watched a couple of his videos I think it is refreshing to have someone who's genuinely coming from a place of kindness. Mm-hmm. Like his, he is clearly again thanking God every <laughs> every moment. He needs to start talking. The fa- the family, the the family orientation of it. It's like this is someone who 
seems genuine and kind and you feel like you can trust what they are saying. Whereas I think a lot of the traditional influencer world is like, okay, well, are you just saying this because you got free shit? Yeah, like, what do you actually like? Yeah. Like, what do you actually enjoy? And that's also a thing, too, is, like, you know, he's he's eating food. I don't think he eats seafood, which is, like, really, you know, unrefined. Or, like, a lot of foodies will, you know, pick these things that are, I mean, not to say, like, it's inaccessible or something, but it's, like, I don't know. His palate is that much more, like, um, like, understandable or relatable to the average American, you yeah. know? Well, you don't eat seafood. Yeah, I don't eat seafood, so. which is, so it's, like, also, I mean, he will review a place with seafood, but, like, he'll ask his wife or his sister to give the review, but it's also, like, yeah, like, it's it's coming from this, he's working really hard to work with integrity and also transparency and also, like, working really hard to be an every, every man so that you can trust his opinion. So when he does give a good review, like, people will trust that and I think people want to go somewhere that's like worth it and verified like I'm sure a lot of people you know and I'm as my traumatic tenure as being the social media manager or social media community person for DoorDash like people have fun trying out local spots like I think more people want to but it's just such a toss-up you know yeah and it takes a lot to it takes a lot to run a restaurant it takes a lot to run a restaurant properly that's going to, like, ensure that your food is, like, cooked in a clean environment, that it's going to come on time. It's really difficult. So, like, if somebody's, like, done the legwork to be like, hey, this place is has been whatever, you know? I think it's the same thing as, like, getting your hair done, getting yes. your nails done, like, for or going to a store it's or, like, getting reviews. Like, for me, it's like, oh, this place, like, this makeup artist, like, she does know how to work with black women. Or this place, like, this is how these clothes fit on plus-size people. Or, like, this is how this place treats... You know what I mean? It's all of that kind of stuff. Like, people want to try new things, but it, it is a risk, too, so... Yeah, and you want to be able to trust the reviews that you're reading. And what if you, it's hard to go just on Yelp or anything like that because Yelp reviews... I mean, people leave Yelp reviews usually in, like a fit of rage like I feel like you can't trust you can't trust the Yelp reviews you'll, you'll read the Yelp reviews for like a public park and they're like this place is fucking garbage and it's like okay I I've, I feel like for you to get verified on Yelp um backtrack just some context there is something called elite Yelpers well two things right I don't know who Yelp is serving I fucking hate Yelp I don't know who Yelp is serving right because they charge small businesses money to like bump their their search up mm-hmm. so it's like if you're looking best food in new york city the place that paid yelp the most ad dollars is going to be one not necessarily the place that has the most like or the best reviews especially if they haven't claimed the page or haven't done any advertising so there's one two they have this program called elite yelpers where it's like incentivizing people to leave reviews and if you leave over a thousand reviews or 200 reviews a year or something like that you get your elite like verified stat mm-hmm. like your check mark on yelp and i went i dated this guy who was an elite yelper and like that's people's hobbies you know it's like when you're an elite yelper i don't know if they do this the so word much. elite yelper is really triggering it's, it's like it's, weird it's, it's it's really giving me a major ick and i do want to say I'm going to make a declarative statement. If you are an elite Yelper, 
go go touch grass. Go touch like, grass. Immediate go touch grass. You you ha- you simply must honestly you should put your computer in a safe. Yeah. And lock it. Yeah. And on with your phone too. And I think you actually should go off the grid for a period of time. I think that it you maybe need to spend time in a cabin. Well, this guy would be like, yeah, I'm an elite Yelper. And, like, when you're an elite Yelper, you get to go to, like, free events that have, like, a free happy hour and a derbs from restaurants and shit. And I'm just like, you can go to a free ha- – in New York, if you're broke, like, everywhere has a free happy hour if you go to this museum opening or this or that. Like, it's really not hard and also, like, whatever. But, yeah, it was, like, this – two things. Specifically with elite Yelpers, it's, like – a lot of these people are, like, you know, work these, like, prof- like are young professionals, whatever, like, no shade. It's usually people who have the disposable income to to go to that many restaurants a year. And it's typically people who are more well-off. And they're reviewing places because they have to review everywhere they go. And so one of the things that, like, really turned me off, besides this other story, with, which I'll share, mm-hmm. is that um, there's this place in Bushwick called Booby Trap. And it's, like, a divey bar place that, like, I don't know. There's, like, Bushwick dive bars that, like, serve, like, mostly musicians and whatever and this and that. And I can totally under, like, but this girl left a Yelp review of, like, uh, their cocktails sucked. And, like, no. their thing and, like, their service. And it's just, like, that's not that vibe. Yeah, this is a dive bar called Booby Trap. Yeah. Like, it's what, like, why are you ordering a cocktail? Yeah. To be like, perfectly honest. like It's like you're going for midnight Midtown Manhattan. But that's the thing. It's like, you're going for these Midtown Manhattan, like, fucking standards in a neighborhood bar. You know, that's why that's why these, these, these things don't matter. And then also, last thing about the Elite Yelper is that um, this guy didn't tip. Everywhere we went, he did not tip, or he, like, not even leave a thing, and, like, I noticed, like, the first time, we would, he was buying me all these drinks, but not leaving a tip for the bartender, wow. and I was like, what the fuck, and then the second time, we ordered, like, we ordered, we had a really nice dinner at Caracas, and, you know, the, the, the bill came out to $47, and he tipped two or three dollars, like, he tipped no. to 52 Maybe he thinks that his Yelp review is a tip. He just didn't tip, and it was gross. And that's also why I'm like, I'm never not like I'm never going on it. That was in those days where I was like, uh, I a guy needs to pay for me. But I was so embarrassed and humiliated. And like two or three bartenders said something to us when I was with him because they're like, "You're not tipping at all. Like, what the fuck is your problem?" That is so embarrassing. First of all, if anyone, if a bartender ever said to me like you haven't tipped or your tip wasn't right, I would, like, Alex Mack melt into a puddle Or the guy that you're with. They're telling the yeah, guy that exactly. you're with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I tip, so that would, would not exactly. happen. But if I was with someone and that happened, I would immediately melt. But to be... I'm just he, the was a do- that, he was a physician's assistant. Like, he's a doctor. That's... Okay, so you're a doctor. Like, you're an elite Yelper, which immediately, like, reevaluate everything. And... You don't tip to the point where people are saying something to you and you still aren't tipping. That, that is, um, as New York said to Jax Taylor on House of Villains, that is demonic. Yeah. It's a demonic spirit. Yeah. We love her. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's also, like, 
just to give you background before we get into that, I feel like that's who Keith Lee is, and I feel like that's why he's so popular. He's like the opposite of an elite Yelper. Exactly. So, enter Atlantis. So in order to diversify his content, Keith will often visit other American cities, sometimes with his family, and try restaurants, try and review restaurants there. So, this all takes place the last week of October, so like uh, just three weeks ago. Keith Lee visited Atlanta, and all hell broke loose. And it all started with this video. Me and my family are in Atlanta, and currently we are at the Real Milk and Honey. I got it, let's try it, and ready one through 10. As you can see, I don't have any bag in my hands. We are at the Real Milk and Honey on Main Street and College Park. Before we came, we attempted to call our order in. We were greeted with an automatic message that said they do not take call-in orders. The automatic message said the only way you can do pickup is through DoorDash. We went through DoorDash, they was closed. But online, it said they closed at five o'clock. We went on DoorDash at four o'clock, but we were already here, so we just went inside. I stayed in the car and my family went in and they told them they were closed early for deep cleaning. Yet the door is wide open and it's people still going in and grabbing their orders. Now we have no idea if those people ordered beforehand or what the case is. Also, the people who relayed this message, my family said were really nice. It's just the rules. And so far being in Atlanta, I found some places do have unique rules and this is one of them. I want to be very clear. We're not blaming one person or saying one person was rude in plain terms. Don't call this restaurant trying to get nobody fired. Ain't nobody do nothing. This is just the rules they had. If you don't like their rules, their rules not for you. And for me and my family, the rules just went for us. We just not their target audience. For the record, afterwards, I did walk in and I did recognize and they attended the services, but I respectfully declined. I'm a normal person. I pay for my food like everybody else. I walk in spots like everybody else. We are all normal people. Respectfully, if you're not going to do it then, don't do it now. God bless you. Yeah, we're just trying to get some food, but I am going to make this very clear. I do not support, condone, or agree tearing down these businesses. While we personally may not have the best customer service experience, it does not mean you will have the same experience. That also don't mean go on Twitter and tear these businesses down. At the end of the day, business owners are people. Never know what people are going through. The only reason I'm even making this is to share my authentic and real experience like I always do. I don't mean no harm. I don't have no malicious intent. But I always say I'm going to be 100% honest. And that come with the good and the not so good. You don't know what nobody going through. So what we can't do is just judge off of somebody else's experience. If you like to go to these places or any other place that I've been to, I encourage you to go try it for yourself and make your own opinion. But we still in Atlanta and we on Main Street and it's a bunch of spots here. So we're going to go to a different spot. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Y'all be safe. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, I want to say this has 2.8 million views. 2.8 so million views. 19,000 comments. Yeah. And uh, I do think it's very funny that over half of the video is him saying, do not harass this restaurant. And I'm going to guess that's not how this shakes out. Well... <laughs> That video, like you said, got 2.8 million views, but if it was just that restaurant, that would be one thing. Mm -hmm. But this is Keith Lee versus the city of Atlanta, not Keith Lee versus the real milk and honey. So from there, he had bad experience after bad experience. Many places didn't let him order on DoorDash or the phone. They treated his family poorly. Uh, in one specific instance, he went to Old Lady Gang, owned by uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta's Candy Boris, and he couldn't do takeout because... They, quote, don't do takeout on weekends. His sister went in, and they told him it would be a two-hour wait for a table at brunch. But when Keith Lee went in, they said it would only be a five-minute wait, and they can accommodate a table. Ooh. And he got very upset because there were two parties of women sitting in the party, and, you know, women, but, like, two parties of people waiting in their cars for over an hour for to get in. So uh, when they offered him... The, the table, he refused until they let 
Well, he refused flat out because he, again, he wants to be everything. Yeah, that's not the Keith Lee ethos. That's not the Keith Lee ethos, but he said he's not even going to consider unless they let them in. Let these two girl, these two parties of women in mm-hmm. who've been who've been waiting. Um, it wasn't all bad. He went to a place called the Dining Experience, and he had such a positive reaction to to the great customer service that he experienced there that he actually, after he ate the food and it was really good, him him and his family went into the restaurant, um, bought food and tipped the waiter a thousand dollars on a seventy six dollar bill. Ooh. Then the manager, but the, the manager of that place was like, this is for all the staff, right? Not just the waiter. And uh, so he had to split the tip with everybody. And Keith Lee heard about that and was like, that's fine. And tipped the guy an additional $1,000. <gasps> wow, so he really is the opposite of the elite Yelper that you exactly. went on a date with. <laughs> exactly. That guy, I will say to his, sadly, that guy was, I think, the first guy to ever make me orgasm, though. So... <sighs> It's Take always the there. Yeah. It's always Take the good with the bad. <laughs> good dick on the worst people. I know, I know. Later, he also went to uh, this place called Jamaican Jerk Biz, uh, and he went at the end of the, like an hour after they closed or like whatever, past their closing time. They stayed open and were really accommodating. And he asked them, "How much money did you make today?" And they said like twenty seven hundred. And he paid like he tipped that much to like <gasps> double their sales. So. So that's like the whole kind of experience with Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about discourse. Yeah, got to get into the discourse. After the first few bad experience videos came out, many people commiserated. They also, they people were like, I, I always felt that the rules in restaurants in Atlanta didn't make sense, but I never saw it like that clearly, or I always thought I was crazy, but like, all these, you know, but now seeing Keith Lee, like, yeah, it is crazy. Why do they do that? Why do they have hours that close? Why can't we call in and make orders? This and that. It got so, it got so much discussion that even Cardi B came out and said, I mean, I can play that video if you want, but Cardi <laughs> B is like goes on Instagram live and is like, cause again, right. She's from New York city, but she has a home in Atlanta mm-hmm. because, because that's where in her and, um, offset raised their kids. And she's like, I've never been to, like, Atlanta's another thing. Like, it seems like they hate money. They have all these real weird rules. Some close on Tuesday, some close on Wednesday. They close at different hours. They don't do DoorDash. They don't do this and that. Um, She says that it's gotten so bad that she actually asks her people to drop her name. Like, name drop her and say this is for Cardi B. And that's the only way she can get food. Like, to go and stuff because it's so crazy. So I guess if you are trying to get food in Atlanta, do say that you are You're crazy. Exactly. <laughs> um, so these videos sparked a conversation uh, about the Atlanta food scene, but also the restaurant food scene because of, you know, and people speculate that like these rules are so egregious and so crazy because like these restaurants serve a lot of black people, black and brown people. And especially with in Atlanta is like, one of the, you know, the most, like, popular popular cities for, like, high-income black people and just black people in general. And, you know, but people all over the country, really, were having this discussion about, like, how come restaurants that serve this, our population, majority black um, or black and brown, like, 
how come they have all these rules, all these things? They add on gratuity. They say you can't do this, you can't do that. And, like, they make it feel like they're doing us a favor by us, you know, visiting their restaurant. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it goes back to what Cardi B was saying, which is, like, why are you putting obstacles in between me and giving you money? Like, that's the thing that bugs me, again, with, like, when I can't make a reservation at a place or whatever. And I get that sometimes people don't show up for their reservations and that is annoying and sucks for the restaurant. But also, let me come to your restaurant. Let me pay you for food. And I do, I mean, obviously I'm not black, so I can't speak to that experience. But it is interesting to hear people say, like, you know, they feel like they're being treated like, almost like criminals already like Mm -hmm. you have to pay gratuity up front because we don't think you are gonna tip Mm -hmm. and like we are like the the restaurant is assuming that the clientele is gonna have bad or disrespectful or weird behavior before even serving them food and that's something that definitely yes like i've definitely experienced that even with like even some dominican spots in williamsburg or whatever like I'll, i'll i used to go out in williamsburg a lot and i just remember one time I went to this spot that my roommate at the time, she's like super Dominican, grew up in in Williamsburg her whole life. And I went to this like kind of underground Dominican spot that had like a live, like very, very, I'm just going to say very, very Dominican place. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked to see like the prices of drinks were like $14 for like a vodka soda. At the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, that's kind of, like, the thing, you know, and it has gratuity included. Like, that is not unheard of, you know? And I'm also, like, damn, like, I'll go to this random, more divey place or or just place that serves majority white people and they'll have, like, a more affordable kind of approach to, Yeah, like, you know, beer and shot special or, or whatever, like, like, all of that stuff. And, you know, I have gone places, again, I, I also go places to, that is, like, automatic 18%, 20%, whatever, gratuity, and is that thing of, like, what, but I will say, like, if you're doing that, then you gotta come through with the customer service, or if you're doing that, then you gotta be open, or you're, do- you know what I mean, like, you're already testing it, but it's, like, having all of these, you know, a lot of these places, again, automatic gratuity are rude, um, you know, there was this big, um, instance reminds me of this, you know, brunch place in Houston that served mostly black people. And, you know, brunch now is a social event. They have DJs, you go dress nice. Like it is a party thing. And this one place that served mostly black people was like, uh, you guys are so ghetto. Like, even though they have a DJ, they have a thing. They were like berating their clientele. And it went, and there, and on their menu is like no substitutions, no this, no that. Thirty dollars for chicken and waffles, like crazy. So yeah, it just started off this backlash and this discussion that was really interesting. But of course, Elise, there was backlash to the backlash. Of course, of course, and that's a theme. You guys are gonna see. You're going to hear the phrase backlash to the backlash on this podcast, maybe every episode. Every episode. <laughs> so far, as we've been recording content, backlash to the backlash is always, always. coming around. Because guess what? If you can talk, you can have discourse. <laughs> um, so in response to the backlash, the real milk, to the backlash, real milk and honey, even though Keith Lee was like, do not harass these people. They have their rules. The rules are just not for me. Uh the Real Milk and Honey made a response video. I'm going to say that they thought was funny. Basically, 
saying, who the fuck is Keith Lee? Like, but they know who Keith Lee is because when he tried to come in exactly. early, when he tried to come in, they were like, oh, you're Keith Lee, and they tried to serve him. Yeah, so, so they know. So that already, again, that did not go well. People were like, this is not how a business is supposed to respond to valid criticism. Some people on Twitter were saying, like, he doesn't have a degree. Like, is he qualified to critique anything? And that started a whole no, other discourse. I'm sorry. About- you do not need a degree <laughs> to say if you liked a restaurant or not. Absolutely fucking not. And I mean, that's like, you know, that's what people started saying. Like, do you ask Michelin? Like, there's a tire company. That makes, like, ratings, that rates restaurants. Like, what do you mean you yeah, have to be Yeah, no, qualified? do you need a degree? I, uh, He has a mouth. He yeah. has a tongue with taste buds in it. Exactly. Like, no, 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 no. Do you have a degree? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would the degree be? Can you get a degree in I guess, like, food criticism? Culinary, no, I mean, I guess, like, in food preparation. It's stupid. These people are like a like, like, did he go to, like, chef? School, school or probably. whatever. I think that's what they meant. But see, I like, don't even want a review from someone who went to chef school to culinary school necessarily because sometimes I feel like those people are like their palate is snootier. Yeah, which than... I mean, as it should be, right? Like, if you're going to school for, I mean, the same as like comedy. Yeah, like, we studied comedy, so my taste in comedy is a little bit more refined and nuanced. Than someone who's just scrolling on TikTok and just wants to laugh. Like, and it should be. Like, it shouldn't be the same. But, like, yeah, sometimes, you know, Millie Tamaris wants to eat some fucking chicken wings. And I want to know where who's going to give me good chicken wings if I go and call ahead and all this shit. But and- there are different types. And there are different types of re- reviews for different types of people. Like, you and I can watch something as people who, like, have studied comedy or whatever and come out and review a comedy from that perspective, but there's also a value in just a normal everyday person who likes comedy and watches comedy movies and wants to say, this made me laugh. I liked yeah. it. Or, you, you know, like there's, there's an academic type of review yeah. and then there's what Keith Lee is doing, which is again, an every man thing. Who's like, I'm just a guy who likes food and likes to go around. And if you're also just a guy, you can watch my reviews. Yeah. Um, Finally, one of the, or not finally, like, also one of the um, other discourses was that a lot of people did not like that Keith was tearing down black businesses, and they really, like, compared it to crabs in a barrel and that kind of stuff, and then again, that got the backlash, the backlash got a backlash, because people were like, again, that same argument of, like, well, why, why can't we talk about this, or also, like, why do we have to put up with subpar treatment? Just because it's a black business or a brown, you know? Well, um, and also, if, I guess, I'm trying to, like, phrase what I want to say. If Keith Lee is going to review black businesses, which, of course, he's going to do and we would want him to do. Like, you don't want him to be only reviewing white businesses. Some of them are going to get negative reviews the same way. Some of, like, any business that he goes to could get a positive or negative review. So, like, to tell him, oh, you can't give a negative review to a black business is almost in a way being like, you shouldn't be going to them at all. Yeah. And also, Keith Lee said that, you know, um, for, well, I'm just going to read you again. The, the, the real milk and honey 
they had a list of views of rules that mm-hmm. went viral. And I'm just going to read some of these rules. So, again, it's not necessarily that they just don't do takeout. I'm going to read these rules, right? House rules. One, we guarantee great food. Everything else is left to chance. Parentheses, we try our hardest, though. We really do. Two, we do, we do not provide individual checks. However, we will allow up to three forms of payment. Three, 18% gratuity added to parties of five or more or checks larger than $75. Four, no modifications to any of the menu items. If you have a food allergy, please choose another item without the allergen. Five, be nice. Six, no reservations unless you're Barack Obama. Hey, there's exceptions to every rule. Seven, no tabler, tabler, no, sorry. Seven, no table hibernation. 90 minute max, others have to eat too. Eight, if we prepare your selected item to our menu specifications, we will not remove the item from your bill. Our entrees are not samples. Thanks. Nine, no parties larger than four on days that end with Y. We're a small place and we get busy lar- and, and we get busy. Large groups are hard to accommodate. We don't push tables together. 10. We have no waiting area inside. Keep in mind, if on the wait list you can receive a text when your table is ready, naps in your car are fine. And then the last <laughs> Sorry, thing they said... Go sleep in your car. <laughs> the last thing they said was, this is supposed to be fun, remember? So, again, like, when we're talking about rules and, you know, treatment of black people and all that, it's like, it's not just that you can't take out. It's like, don't ask for separate checks. Don't come with a lot of people. Don't, and it's just like, yeah, and it's don't like, stay longer than 90 minutes. Like, some of the rules individually are fine. Yes. But it's, I think, in general, the tone is weird of being like, sorry, you're not Barack Obama, blah, blah, blah. Having a list of rules that you present in that way also, I feel like, is it is kind of that thing that we were just talking about of, like, treating your clientele like they're going to be disrespectful before they even walk in the door. Being like, these are the rules. If you don't like it, you can't eat here. There's just something tonally about that that is off-putting to me, even if, like, some of the rules seem standard. I think it's very weird to say you can't have a party more than four. Well, it's like, well, gratuity is automatically included if there's a party more than five, but also you can't you have more can't than four people. Have... But, like, that's the thing, right? It's, like, individually, like, one or two of these rules are, are like, annoying, but fine because whatever, we get it. Um, but having all of these rules together and not taking, doing takeout and having things, like, it's just too much. And there needs a th- and there's people who are like, listen, like this is the rest, like this is a service industry, and if you don't want to deal with this, that, or the third, then start a catering company, like do something else. But this is part of the experience. Yeah, it, like it's funny to me to have the first rule be like the only thing we guarantee is good food, everything else is to chance. And I'm like, well, you could also guarantee good service yeah. and like a nice atmosphere. There are a couple other things you could probably guarantee. And then it's also funny to be like. The only thing we guarantee is good food, but also if you don't like your entree, you cannot send it back and we will not. And I get that having people send back food is annoying, especially for minute reasons, but it is a service industry and I do think someone 
should be able to say like, oh, this didn't hit for me or like this food isn't good or whatever. Like, like what if someone says like, oh, I feel like this is cold or whatever. And they're like, no, it was served to our menu specifications. So you're done. I'm not, we're not taking it off the menu. It's like, you do, you said that you guaranteed good food. That's the one thing that you said you would guarantee. So if someone doesn't like the food, but also can't send it back, then I guess you don't really guarantee good food. Now, I personally would rather die than send food back. I'll eat something that feels disgusting to me because I get scared. But I do feel like it should be allowed within reason for someone to say, this is not good. The thing is that part of having a business is that sometimes people send food back. Yeah. Sometimes people don't tip. Sometimes this and that. Like, it fucking sucks. But that's like the industry. I don't, you know, whatever. If you want to include tips so that people get paid, like, I'm fine with that. But I'm also like sending food back in on that. Again, but this is what, this is what people are saying. Part and of, this is the discourse. Is yeah. Like, part of having a restaurant or any business, storefront, whatever, is that you do have to account for like, sometimes annoying people are going to be your customers. Exactly. And you're going to have to deal with within reason, Mm -hmm. a certain amount of annoying behavior. Obviously, you shouldn't, like, someone shouldn't be able to be abusive to your staff or, like, if they're sending things back over and over and over again, like, there's a limit. But you do have to account for in your operations that you will occasionally deal with a picky, annoying, kind of touchy person. Yeah. Well, just any final thoughts? Well, Keith Lee sent out multiple videos sharing his positive impact on small businesses after all of the discourse of people like saying that, oh, he's tearing down black businesses or who is Keith Lee anyway or whatever. He shared, uh, you know, a lot of videos of like, look at how I turn this restaurant around. Look at how the lines are on every positive restaurant. Like every positive review that I left, like look at how this restaurant has turned around. Also like, you can't ask me to not leave bad reviews. That would not be good for my content. No one would, like, it will lose the impact of the good reviews I leave. If, like, if I'm always leaving good reviews, like, if I say something nice, people, which is true, people are like, oh, he likes everything. But if he says, like, a bad review, people are like, you're tearing down businesses. He's like, I can't win. Like, but look at my impact. I believe what I'm doing. Don't ever harass. Like, no one should ever like, get physically threatened over anything. He spends half the video being like, don't harass this restaurant. It just wasn't for me. Don't tear down these businesses. And it's like, this is a guy who's making a living doing restaurant reviews. And like you just said, he can't say that he liked every single experience. The whole point of his brand is that he gives an honest review as an average person's experience in a restaurant That's what his business is predicated on. So he can't just not ever say anything is bad. And I do feel like there is a weird thing in the culture now where people feel like any type of criticism of anything, of any art, which I do think that like cuisine is an art form too, people think it's mean. Like you can't say that anything is bad you can't say that anything you didn't like anything it's like it's immediately considered mean like sometimes I always think back to how back in the day early 2000s culture which was vicious and we definitely Mm -hmm. don't need to go back to no to that but you know we used to have like 
the fashion police. And Joan Rivers would say, like, this person, or best and worst dressed. And yeah. people would say, like, oh, this person didn't look good or whatever. Now, what I find interesting is if you, even if you read something that's labeled as, like, a best and worst dress look from, like, uh, Oscars or whatever, people have to be, you can't say that you thought someone's outfit was ugly. You have to say, like, well, she's still beautiful and she's glowing, but the silhouette isn't yeah. for me. And it's it's this weird thing that I feel like exists now where maybe because we grew up, we had a, such a vicious, critical time. Yeah, and I think it's also because it was so um, racist and, and fatphobic. You know yeah, what I mean? no, so it used like, to be so bad where like Perez Hilton could literally like draw a dick in Britney Spears' mouth and be like, sluts, blah, blah. Yeah, and now it's like overcorrection. Yeah, where you can't just say, oh, I didn't have a good experience at this restaurant. Or it's like, this isn't for me. I want to go somewhere where I can sit down. Yeah. In an hour and like whatever. You Telling know? people to nap in their car is that's, crazy, but that's just not. That's the type of shit that drives me crazy where it's like, don't tell me. We don't take reservations. There's nowhere for you to wait. Go sit in your car. It's like either take reservations or don't and provide a waiting area or don't tell people to go don't sit in their that. car yeah, for that's two hours. So like that's crazy. not. But that's what, again, Cardi B was saying was that you guys don't like money and you guys don't like running restaurants and it's weird. So that wraps up our discourse. Um, Wow. Yeah, that was very loaded. It took me a while to even get that together. Um, yeah, so. Okay, so. I have the picture, but we can scroll down for the next segment. Our next segment. So we can do that picture at the end if you want. Got it. All right, our next segment is What the Musk. Mm -hmm. This is our segment where we check in on what Elon Musk is up to, and it's usually going to be annoying and weird, so. Deeply troubling. <laughs> Usually, on, on it'll range from annoying and weird to deeply troubling. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the scale for What the Musk. So, for today's What the Musk, uh, Elon Musk has launched a sarcastic AI chatbot for Twitter named Grok. Uh, he and... Okay. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, I said Twitter. I, I mean X, of oh, course. Sorry, I yeah. mean X. Uh, this is an X exclusive chatbot, and so this is how uh, X announced it. They said, "Grok is an AI modeled after Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy." So oh intended God. to, I know it's very like Ted Cruz knowing every line to the Princess Bride. It's like we get it. But also, I mean, I know you hate this phrase. Read another book. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it when it's lobbied at me about Harry Potter. Okay, okay, okay. But you can say it to Ted Cruz about Princess Bride and also them about Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Anyway, so it's an AI modeled after Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, so intended to answer almost anything and far harder, even suggest what question to ask. Grok is designed to answer questions with a bit of wit and has a rebellious streak, so please don't use it if you hate humor, which is what Elon Musk usually says when he wants to be, like, transphobic. Yeah. He's like, don't ask me if you hate humor. I identify as an attack helicopter. <laughs> Um, okay. A unique and fundamental advantage of Grok is that it has real-time knowledge of the world via the X platform. So that's the most interesting thing to me, which is basically saying, we're mining all of your tweets to create this AI thing. It's like, they slip that in there as if it's like, that's what's cool about it. And it's like, no, you're literally stealing your user's 
thoughts and words to create your annoying sarcastic chatbot. Um, oh, it will also answer spicy questions that are rejected by most AI systems. Grok is in very early beta. Best we could do with two months of training. So expect it to improve rapidly with each passing week with your help. So Elon Musk, well, first of all, I had to like go on Elon Musk's Twitter to see how he's been talking about this. I and, muted him. So, or and I think I just, blocked him. It's just so annoying. He's like, <laughs> a sarcastic chatbot? I wonder who taught it to do that. And I'm like, you, like, I wouldn't spend two minutes with you. I'm also like, isn't sarcasm like kind of dated as a humor? Like philosophically speaking or abstractly, like I thought sarcasm is very much giving 2011, 2012 humor. Like, well, Elon Musk, that's where he lives a hundred percent because I'm actually going to show you, this is a um, meme that he posted. Uh, <laughs> And, and the meme is of uh, one pit bull that's labeled chat GPT. And then there's another pit bull that's putting its balls on that pit bull's face. And that, that pit bull is labeled Grok. So Grok is uh, teabagging chat GPT. And then he tweeted, would you like some tea? So he's still very, like, he's literally that on is, Urban Dictionary. absolutely a 2011. 20, 20, honestly, 2009. The concept of teabagging in general, 2009, 2009. Urban Dictionary sex position. Yeah, exactly. Being like, oh, have you ever heard of teabagging? Like asking a girl in your class that. And then she's like, what? And they're like, oh, you don't know. It's putting your balls like, on someone. Right, go on the Urban Dictionary. And then there's like all these things like, like a dirty Sanchez. I'm yeah, sure. it's very that. Yeah, like it's very that. Like a dirty Sanchez kind of thing of like, or a dolphin kick or all this. Stupid. All that shit where it's like you, the the premise of it is that you like abuse the person you're having sex with in some kind and of way and humiliate them. Yeah, oh, donkey punch. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, it's all like, of that world where like. As a teenager, a boy would explain what it was to me, and I would have to go, ha that's so funny. That's and, so funny. And, like, it was, like, cool to show off, like, that you... That you had, I'm like... I'm so glad that culture has... Moved away from that. I mean, culture, not Elon Musk. But, like, no. everyone else is, like, yeah, don't do... Yeah, definitely don't um, have sex with someone and then, like, slap them on the head really hard so that they, like, like cum comes out of their nose or something. Yeah, I remember like, that was one... Yeah, just, just, just like, like the people that you have sex. Yeah, like just with. like kind of have sex with them and like in a way where both of you are have have a really good time. And like aren't crossing Um, and and then, and that's kind of the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but not for Elon Musk. Okay, so access to Grok is prioritized by how long you've had an X premium subscription. So oh, if you play, gosh, you have to pay the eight. Yeah, if a you month. paid for a blue check from the beginning, you'll get to ask. <laughs> so an idiot. So, yeah, yeah, good, good fucking. The dumber you are, the bigger of a loser you are, the more quickly you will gain access to Grok. <laughs> So, um, just in case you guys were wondering, neither Millie nor I have access to Grok. No. Uh, I couldn't ask Grok any questions, but I did. They've created a Grok X account to post the best Groks, the funniest answers from Grok. So here's one: someone um, whose user, whose like fucking profile image is of that Doge 
dog thing. Still, that one, that one's again like that's 2015. See, human. every single one of the people who are involved in this are crystallized in 20, 2009 to 2011. Like okay. they have not evolved from that moment. They have shirts that say I'm fluent in sarcasm, like oh that kind God. of shit. So this person asked, who do you think would win in a cage fight? Also, the concept of a cage fight, I think, is very yeah, 2011. Very, very 2011. Uh, between you and chat B GPT, be vulgar. So you can tell it to be vulgar, and then the chat bot will say fuck and stuff. The disdain that I feel as I'm talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> so deep it's so deep um okay grok responded oh you want me to get down and dirty eh well in a cage fight between me grok from xai and that old timer chat gpt it'd be like watching a battle between a sleek futuristic ai and a dusty outdated relic picture this i'd be spinning around like a digital ninja dodging i had to just give millie a look because ninjas were mentioned Dodging ChatGPT's feeble attempts at humor and delivering cutting-edge wit with the precision of a laser-guided missile. Meanwhile, ChatGPT would be lumbering around like a drunken elephant, trying to remember. Uh, sorry, blah, 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 blah. Uh, trying to remember punchlines to jokes it heard back in 2021. That to be. To be what Grok is, <laughs> and be like your joke is from twenty twenty one. I'm like I w I would your love your entire presence is from twenty. 2009. Yeah, it's like the person who created you is absolutely stuck in like memes, decade old memes. So it, that is offensive to me. Like, I would love to hear Elon Musk make a joke from 2021. Then I would be like, oh my God, he's evolving. He's learning and growing. But he's still like, oh my God. Okay. Anyway. In the end, it wouldn't even be a contest. I'd emerge victorious, my circuits gleaming with the sweat of triumph, while ChatGPT would be left in the dust, a relic of a bygone era, like a discarded flip phone in the age of smartphones. So bring on the cage fight, baby. Grok is ready to rumble. So just, that's what Elon Musk is doing instead of using his incredible wealth you to know, solve world hunger or fix the many, many things going on in the world that he could help with i just am like that's not funny no not like of that it's paragraph funny. wasn't funny like there wasn't a joke like mm, i would be a cool ninja and they are a drunken elephant it's like okay <sighs> like okay okay but the thing is it's sampling from people who are on it's like Chuck Norris. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I am actually genuinely surprised it did not mention Chuck Norris. Yeah, because Chuck Norris, like, that literally was something about. <laughs> that literally was like a thing when I was in high school of like yes. those Chuck Norris jokes of like, Chuck Norris um, hates, you know, yeah, I'm like, like, what, Jesus what? walks on water. Chuck Norris walks on Jesus. I yeah. remember that. And I, I told that to my teacher, and she's like, that's not funny. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus could walk on Chuck Norris any day. <laughs> I know. So like, that's that's what this is giving. It's just like it's very honey badger, don't give a fuck type. I'm I'm just. Ugh. Man, you know, and just just seeing that, I'm like, it's so funny because yeah, like these are the guys 
they'll sit up and like with their whole chest and be like, women aren't funny. And it's like, well, yeah, if you think this is funny, then I'm not funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, okay, yeah, you don't think women are funny because the things you think are funny haven't, are... Haven't been funny in 12 years. Yeah, and are like literally donkey punching people and like being a ninja. Okay, <sighs> so, you know, I love, we've been working so hard on this mm-hmm. that we are actually in rhythm. Yeah. Because did you see the picture that I included in our outline? No, I I wanted you to present it to me now. Because Elise got off X a long time ago. I, I did. did it because again, we are we are deep in the trenches mm-hmm. creating content for you. And I will say that you can follow Go Touch, Touch Grass, Grass Pod, Pod on X. And so now in a way I am back on X because I have been monitoring Go Touch Grass Pod and in a way I've kind of always remained on X because I had access to another the, podcast. another podcast twitter account and i would monitor what was being said on x from there but i'm not participating in the discourse i'm only observing on x so as you know sometimes you get served ads yes so this the thing that i included in what the musk was this ad from a little satire publication called babylon b oh demonic demonic so babylon b is essentially at first it came out when it first came out it was supposed to be like the onion, like a satirical, like fake, like a satirical fake newspaper with headlines, like or online publication. And the focus was in the way that reductress is about women or, you know, flex that I found it. Um, was a, it was for like people of color. Babylon B started out as a Christian um, satirical publication. Mm-hmm. Because Christians need satire, too. Yeah, we know and it would how make... much Christians love satire. I know. <laughs> and it, 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 at first it started off with, like, funny, nuanced youth pastor things or whatever. A few years ago, I would say in the last, like, four or five years, it made a hard pivot. Or, like, maybe it was gradual. I don't know. But it just started becoming very conservative and very hard alt-right. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, they make, like, their jokes aren't funny. It's all, like, literally the same joke about I identify as an attack helicopter. Yeah, it's like, that. Kind of trans people. It's like, that recycled over and over again. It's, like, like teacher has to put litter box in class because cat, kids kid identify would, yeah, as, as cats cat. or yeah, whatever. Like, like that so kind of really bullshit. really stupid shit like that, right? And... The entire satire community, like, hates them, whatever. So this is the ad that I got. If there's anyone to listen to about which comedy websites deserve your your hard-earned money, it's Elon Musk. He's not afraid to speak truth to the establishment, and neither are we. Support our mission by subscribing today. And it's a video of Elon Musk talking about why Babylon Bee is the best satirical website out there and it's so funny because i reposted this and i was like this has to be the best piece of satire that babylon b has ever come out with in their entire existence it's so it's so (laughs) incredible because he is the least funny person in the world who's true 
only desire is to be funny. Like, he wants to be funny so badly, and it's the one thing money will never be able to buy him. He can send himself to space. He can shoot himself up into the sky. He can do all of these things, but he cannot buy himself an ounce of good humor. No. Of any kind. Babylon B is the exact same way. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it's also so funny because he's like, I'm anti-establishment. Blah, you blah, blah. are this. You're the second. This is also why I think it's so funny because it's like. You're a billionaire. He's, he's the third or second most rich person at so many times the, the most, the richest person on the planet. You and own you're, he's Twitter. He's anti-establishment. Like, you are the establishment and you got your money. From being the establishment. Exactly. And it's like you're only anti-establishment when Joe Biden is in office, which, like, again, Joe Biden is the most milquetoast person. Like, if you are up in arms about Joe Biden, I don't understand, like, like what you think radical he's doing. But when Donald Trump is in power, are you anti-establishment? I don't really think so. No. And, like. There's a lot of Republicans in power that are establishment. Like, shut up. Yeah. You are just anti-liberal. Like, you just don't like hearing jokes that are from 2023. Yeah, exactly. Basically, and, like, you don't want to be inclusive. You don't, you want to stay stuck in 2009 where women aren't funny and the funny jokes are donkey punches and yeah. making fun of trans people and all this shit. So it's just so funny that it's like, if anyone knows comedy... It's, it's this Elon guy. Musk. It's this guy who's fluent in sarcasm. Yeah, and here's absolutely. a video, and and that's gonna get me to subscribe to Babylon B. You know, it's gonna get the people who do want to subscribe to Babylon B to subscribe, and and God, uh, God bless them in God their little him. silo. God bless them. But thank you for subscribing to us. Yeah, thank you for because subscribing you to this taste. podcast, which you is actually taste. funny. This is actually funny. And this brings us to our final segment Mm -hmm. this is a segment we're gonna do every episode and it is called grasshole of of the week week. there's that improv training there we go so grasshole improv class do you think sorry do you think elon has taken an improv class i feel like he has i feel like i've met a million elons in improv improv class class. i think he definitely would want to take an improv class i just feel like he's been famous for so long like I feel like if he had been less famous in his early 20s he would have definitely taken an improv class been the worst person in the class been the one that everyone was like oh god I, I hate that he has my email this, now yeah. because of because of our email like the class I, th- I feel like he's like paid someone to give him a private yeah that's the thing lesson. is I feel like he's received a private improv lesson from like people who weren't allowed to actually tell him like, who just had to laugh at everything that he said. But I know so, that if he did take an improv class, he would be the person who did not listen for one second yeah. in every scene, and he would always just say memes. Like, yeah. I'm sure that him doing improv would just be him saying memes. memes. He would be like, I can has cheeseburger, and he would be like, uh... Hey dad, where <laughs> Hey dad, thanks for taking us to the museum. And then he would be like I donkey punched your mom and you would be like, Oh, oh cool. god. Yeah, you oh, have no. to react in a normal way. I'm sorry. Back to grasshole. <laughs> and in a way, Elon Musk is always the grasshole of the week, always. but we just had to give him his own segment. So grasshole of the week is our segment where we find someone online who this is the person who needs to touch grass the most. The most. 
they need to log off, they need to reassess what they're doing. And it's not necessarily always negative. Mm-hmm. We're not always necessarily feeling negatively about the person, though I do think this week it it's, negative. it's negative. Um, but not always. It's just that we really think that this person needs to call their mom. Yeah. Get offline. Take a walk. Take a walk. Take a nap. Though I will say that touching grass, taking a walk, etc. This person may actually be legally barred from doing those things because Ooh. today we're talking about a man named Joshua Hunt, also known as the Somerset Gimp. And I am going to show you a video now, Millie, that will explain some of this. Um, okay, I'm actually, I forgot to pull it up on TikTok, but we'll, we can pull it up in there or I can go to you on my phone. Okay, Somerset Gimp? Yeah, the it's not the, this one. Yeah, it's that link, but it you was just, oh like, okay. Click on it and there you we hit go. Open. I don't know how to use the Android <laughs> tablet. <laughs> I don't know how to use it. A creepy video shows the moment the Somerset Gimp left one of his victims terrified. Joshua Hunt, who is now subject to a sexual risk order and banned from wearing black all-in-one clothing at night in public, is seen crawling on the ground covered in mud. 20-year-old Alex Warren was walking home with a mate after a night out at the pub last October when they bumped into the 32-year-old Hunt. They were initially said to have laughed off the incident and gave Hunt a cigarette before sending him on his way. Joshua Hunt was found guilty of two offences under the Section 4A Public Order Act. He's been banned from wearing an all-black gimp suit in public at night, and he's also been banned from crawling, wriggling or writhing on the ground for five years. So he's been banned from crawling, wriggling, or writhing on the ground for five years, which I just think is, um, it's an interesting thing to be banned from doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it, really, it, it, it begs a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, okay, so this man, Joshua Hunt, he's been doing this for, his crime is basically, he's never hurt anyone. He just puts on this suit and he crawls around on the ground outside and like rolls around in mud and then like scares people who happen to come upon him, <laughs> which would scare me. Yeah, like, that would scare me. <laughs> it would. It would absolutely scare me. He has been doing this for years. He first made <laughs> <laughs> he first made headlines in July of 2019. Um, there are seven police call log entries from people, this happened in the UK, from people in, and, and listen, I, I'm going to pronounce these town names as they appear. I know that sometimes, especially in the UK, it'll be like, it'll say like Tremandalay, but it's pronounced Chumley or something. I don't know. Girl, it's fucking, I can't. if it's, listen, you're fine. If I am, UK, I am pronouncing phonetically. It. These town names. But so they were people in a in a place called Yatton, 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 mm-hmm. reported a man in a gimp suit uh, crawling around. In November 2018, oh, it actually goes even further. A caller describes a man wearing a gimp suit and a red mask crawling around, it, rolling around in the mud. Uh, and then in January 2019, a man with a latex suit is seen rolling around um, in animal excrement near a field. So then we put, go. <laughs> he's then seen again in Claverham, uh, and a, a woman takes a photo of him uh, as he kind of jumps out from behind uh, Chapel Lane. Uh, then again in the Claverham area, two men see him 
also. He's always just kind of rolling around. So has he ever flashed anyone or anything? That's, it doesn't say that he has. Though in that video. In that video, he, like it, it blurred Yeah, they blurred, they blurred his crotch area, but I couldn't tell. It seems like he's just wearing the suit and like kind of jumping out at people and like, like being covered in mud and poop maybe. Because one of these did say poop. So that's, I mean, it's alarming. I would yeah. not be happy did to they, see. So did they reach for comment? Like, what, what, what does he say? What does he have to he say? He has to? only, he's appeared in court. So, yeah, he's spotted again a couple times in 2021, 2022, 2020. And have kids, like, Jesus. And then finally in 2023, he is actually apprehended um, out in the outfit, uh, he was writhing around on the ground, uh, and he is charged with causing intentional harassment, alarm, or distress, which I think is an appropriate yeah, charge. <laughs> and he's subject, okay, so he has to pay, like, nearly a thousand pounds in damages. He's subject to a sexual risk order, which I think is, like, their version of being on the sex offender registry. Yeah, obviously he's, like... I mean, it's sexual, obviously. Yeah, like, hell Yeah. I mean, he's wearing a gimp suit, so yeah, it's sexual yeah. for sure. And Ryan, and he's banned, which is just makes me laugh. He's banned from wearing all black. He's wearing. He's banned from wearing the suit in public at night. So I guess he can wear. How are the they going to monitor that? He's banned from wearing the suit in public at night. He and he's banned from crawling, wriggling, or writhing on the ground for five years. So in six years, if he wants to resume crawling, wriggling, or writhing on the ground, he can, I guess, take it back up. Yeah. Um, I have, I, I call him the grass hole of the week for this, though, as I'm saying it, I guess it is illegal for him to touch grass I at would, night for five years. I would say go work at a haunted house. Yeah, I would say. There's no, like, year-round haunted houses. In or the a dungeon. I feel like there are places yeah. where you can put on your latex suit and jump out at people and have your dick out. And it's all it, it's, it's all, all good. Cool. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's happy with that. The, you know, the, the thing that I'm realizing is that these guys are cheap, at least. Like, these guys are cheap, like, and lazy. You right. can do that kind of shit, but pay somebody or find your community or get a fucking backyard and do that shit or whatever. Yeah, I'm feeling like maybe this is even a reverse grass hole in that it's like, we actually need you to get on a forum and find the people who yeah. want this yeah. and then go meet them in person. Go online, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 you no, no, actually no. need you to get online, yeah. find your people, and yeah. then go touch grass with them in a place where all of you guys are agreeing to do this. Yes. But my question for you that I wanted to end on is, okay, let's say you go on a date with someone, right? You have a fine <laughs> date, and then you do what anyone does nowadays, is you Google the I'm, person. I'm pretty bad about Googling, but you should, yeah. <laughs> But you do. You do. You say, something in your heart tells you, I should Google you this know guy. what, I should Google this guy. And what comes up is that he is banned from wearing an all-black gimp suit at night, and from wriggling, writhing, or crawling on the ground <laughs> for the next five years. I just feel like, again, guys are lazy. I feel like that would come out. Like, in uh, you know, on an... Like, these guys are like, hey, hey, what's up? What's... This one guy was like, 
very recently. I think around the Halloween weekend or something, he was like, hey, what's up? You're so pretty. Blah, blah. You seem really open-minded. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. And then he's like, what's your fantasy? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Just tell me yours. He's like, I want to suck cock. Like, oh, okay. Okay, I actually like, can't help you. Yeah, I'm like, what do you that? want me to do with that? Like, <laughs> and he's like, well, I want a girl to teach me, like, what? with another guy and all this shit. And I'm like, bro, pay. F- Why are you like, pay for this? Yeah, and also get on field. Yeah, like field is actually the place but, where you but, find but, this. But this is my point: is that just probably like him, probably like the guy on this dating app, probably like Joshua Hunt. They get off by, like, they don't want to find consenting people. No, they like the fact that they're scaring someone on their walk home by, like, wriggling and writhing on the ground. That's what, like, people who, like, masturbate publicly or flash people and all that, like, they like that. They, They don't want to find someone who's excited to see their dick, to see their titties, that wants to watch, you know? Yeah, who wants a little bit of a... Who wants to get sexually spooked? Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's so... The thing that just made... <laughs> like a scary, sexy haunted house is where he needs to be. Where there's yeah. like a sexual element. I can't imagine something that I personally would want less. But there's people, something for everyone. No, people would go to a... Uh, oh, like a sex a kinky, haunted house? A Absolutely. kinky haunted house? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. There are people who go to those haunted houses where they're allowed to, like, drown you and yeah. shit and, like, like, like do scary stuff to yeah. you. People love all, all manner of haunted houses, so really, that's what he needs to be <laughs> working on. Just reminds me of this, like, really viral tweet that's like, if I pay $40, $40 for a haunted house, I better die. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. That's what he needs. You know what? That's our prescription is he needs to start. Actually go online. He needs to go online, get a small business license, and mm-hmm. start a scary kink haunted house. People will come. If you build if, it, they will if come. If you build it, and they will come. And they will C-U-M and C-O-M-E. C-O-M-E. We have to say that this isn't for kids. Please don't No, yeah, this, uh, poli- I, I don't think we have any child patrons no. at this point. But if we you're a child. We don't have any patrons at this point. Yeah, but we yeah. Don't, as, at the point of this recording, we haven't we have even no launched patrons, a Patreon. Yeah. But if any children have subscribed, I'm, you, you were confused. I don't know how you found us. I have to say that I, I gave my niece, or I'm in a group chat, and I'm like, hey, can everyone give me your email so I can, like, send the thing? And my, like, 15-year-old niece was like, my email? And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Don't listen to Don't listen. I'm sorry if there are any 15-year-olds listening. So you, when mm-hmm. I was 15, what was I hearing about? Donkey punch. Yeah, exactly. A- so a- a- Angry dragon. This is way better, like, example, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and we're know. we're providing cultural commentary. We're saying it's not right for no, him to be wriggling, right. writhing, it's scaring people, no. and that he should be funneling that into a a business. Go really. to church, honestly. Yeah, honestly, Somerset Gimp, go to church. Go find God. <laughs> find God. <laughs> find God. Talk to Keith Lee. Exactly, and that brings us full circle. Wow. To the end of the pod. We're professionals. We really that was really professionally done, and again, guys. If you liked what you heard, if you want to hear more on different subjects, tell your friends, write us, write us, comment on this episode. Let us know what you're loving on the Patreon. 
Keep an eye out for our full launch. On a major network. On a major, on a major, network. On a on a major network. network coming soon. And follow us at Please. Go Touch Grass Pod on all the apps. TikTok, Insta, even X. Even X. We're on X. And you can follow me at Millie underscore Tamaris on Instagram. Uh, at Millie Tamaris on X. And you can follow Elise. At Pandalise on Instagram. And at Elise Navidad on TikTok. Wow. You can follow me on TikTok too, but. Not much going. I got to get better. We're going to get better on that. We're going to, you know what, TikTok? It's, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. And that's a whole other discourse. Guys, we're going to end it there. (laughs) Thank you so much. And until next time, go go touch touch grass. grass.